0: available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favourite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is The AgriPod with Alice McFarland.
1: On this episode, the Canadian Centre for Rural and Agricultural Health located at the University of Saskatchewan has received an anonymous $1.5 million donation to fund the purchase and operating costs of a new mobile unit that will travel across rural Saskatchewan. Centre Director Dr. Shelley Kerchuk and Ken Almer, the manager of the Agricultural Health and Safety Network, will talk about the work of the centre and the significance of the donation. Saskatchewan Agriculture is telling farmers to watch for anthrax after one confirmed case in the eastern part of the province. Two additional cows in the same herd are also suspected of contracting the fatal disease. Dr. Wendy Wilkins, a disease surveillance veterinarian with the Ministry of Agriculture, says anthrax is caused by a bacteria which can survive in spore form for decades in the soil. Changes in soil moisture from flooding and drying can lead to a buildup of spores on pastures and those spores tend to concentrate in slough and potholes and become exposed in drier years. She'll explain which animals are susceptible and what should be done if you suspect anthrax on your farm. After the break, Shelley Kerchuk and Kendra
0: Almer. Digging into the topics that matter to you, the AgriPod with Alice McFarlane.
1: A new name and a very large donation for an organization that provides health screenings and other services in rural Saskatchewan. The Center for Agricultural Medicine was first established at the University of Saskatchewan back in 1986, with a special focus on agricultural environmental exposures and lung health. It is now known as the Canadian Centre for Rural and Agricultural Health, with the word rural being added just this past June. A $1.5 million donation will be used to develop a mobile unit that will be exclusively used by the Centre to continue its work in rural areas through the Agricultural Health and Safety Network. And we're going to learn more about the donation and the mobile unit with Centre Director Dr. Shelley Kerchuk. Shelley, tell us first of all about this really important donation.
2: The university's in a campaign right now. We launched it in April and our centre is part of the university's campaign. So we do have a strategy and are out there talking about who we are, what we do and where we really see a need for support and uh, we explained our needs to this donor and this donor found their fit uh, in this mobile unit. And I think what's also unique about this donation is that it not only equips, but it operationalizes. That means there's that operational support so that we have additional resources to get our boots on the ground to be out there in the rural areas. And that to us as a center is foundational to making the real impact. It's not just about the mobile unit, it's about having the personnel to run that mobile unit.
1: Now as the mobile unit will only take up a percentage of the donation, will you be able to hire additional people? So what will the rest of the money be used for?
2: So we're still working on the budget with the donor and with our partners to figure out what percentage we'll utilize on equipment. We're traveling mostly in the winter, given uh, farmers are busy other times of the year. And right now still working out how that balance is going to happen and maybe hoping that this spurs on other donors to really want to operationalize it or find ways to contribute to what this might look like.
1: Joining us is Kendra Ulmer, the manager of the Agricultural Health and Safety Network. Uh, Kendra, what would you like to add?
0: Um, just building on what Shelley had said is that as we work through that budget and building on programs that already exist within the Centre and working with our partners to identify the needs of what needs to be in this mobile unit, it's hoped that it'll really increase our capacity and our reach and our visibility in rural Saskatchewan. And Shelley, the USASC Rural
1: Health Centre has been around for a long time, but uh, maybe explain a little bit about the new name.
2: It's not a big change in the name, but really one word, but it's a big change in the name. We went from the Canadian Centre for Health and Safety in Agriculture to the Canadian Centre for Rural and Agricultural Health. And it's not like we're not decreasing our concentration and focus on agriculture, but we really wanted to remind ourselves and our partners that we do work in the rural space we do lots in rural outside of agriculture and the reason for our open house yesterday and the name change was we are surprised to many that we've been around for 38 years and we don't want that to be a surprise we don't want to be the who's in horton here's the who just quietly going about our business we need to make some noise to let rural saskatchewan residents And our partners know that we're here and what we're doing. And this uh, mobile unit and this name change really is that opportunity for us to say we're here, we're here, we're here. We're supporting rural Saskatchewan. We've been doing it for 38 years. We've been partnered with Saskatchewan Association for rural municipalities and, uh, and individual rural municipalities for 35 years. And we just want it to be known that we're here, we're here, we're here, we're supporting rural Saskatchewan. We want to support rural Saskatchewan and uh, we want to be visible and, and out there making some noise. So, Kendra,
1: tell us about what you've been doing up until this point and what kinds of services you've been providing and then explain how a mobile unit would improve on that.
0: I'll just kind of focus on the Agriculture Health and Safety Network, which is our knowledge mobilization vehicle, per se, to get um, the current research out to our farm families and likewise to get their experiences to inform research. So the network really focuses on providing farm families with farm safety and rural health information, health screening services, education and training with our ultimate goal of reducing injury and illness related to agriculture production. and I've been fortunate the last 20 years to be involved with our one-to-one health clinics in which um, we deliver health screening at the RM level um, in the rural communities um, where farm families and agriculture workers can meet with a registered nurse to have a variety of screening services completed and talk about their exposures, their work environment and offer resources that exist within the province and Canada. This has been happening in, in terms of loading up a university van with equipment and uh, making our way all throughout rural Saskatchewan during the times of the season when farm are available and this is just a really exciting next step in terms of increasing our capacity and having a, a dedicated unit that will help increase our one-to-one health clinics and beyond. So we're really excited about this opportunity.
1: And what sort of health services are offered currently and what do you hope to do in the future once this mobile unit is up and running?
0: The sky's the limit. I'm really looking forward to um, hearing from our partners and other researchers in terms of the various screenings that could be included in this mobile unit. Right now, our our current focus is on respiratory health and hearing health through the one-to-one health clinic. So getting your lungs tested and hearing tested but um, address a variety of, of health concerns that do come up. Um, even as, I, I want to say as simple, but one of the exclusion criteria for doing lung function testing is um, measuring of uh, blood pressure. And often some people haven't had their blood pressure checked in, in many years or not followed up with a, an annual physical. And we have that opportunity to do that screening and talk about the importance of managing that. And I often use the scenario of the importance of preventive maintenance on our equipment and how important that is to do as, as farmers too in terms of keeping ourselves safe and healthy.
1: That was Kendra Ulmer, the manager of the Agricultural Health and Safety Network, and Dr. Shelley Kerchuk, the director of Canadian Centre for Rural and Agricultural Health located at the University of Saskatchewan. The centre received a $1.5 million anonymous donation to fund the purchase and operating costs of a new mobile unit that will travel around rural Saskatchewan. After the break, we'll hear more about a case of anthrax that was reported in Saskatchewan and efforts to reduce the spread.
0: Digging into the topics that matter to you, the AgriPod with Alice McFarlane.
1: A cow found dead in the RM of Cote, which is based in Camsac, died of anthrax. Dr. Wendy Wilkins, a disease surveillance veterinarian with the Ministry of Agriculture, has the details.
3: So the... Dead animal was discovered on pasture on Monday morning uh, by one of the owners and uh, then they called a vet and the vet was able to do a field test and that test was positive. So we knew this was anthrax within hours of finding the dead animal on
1: pasture. She adds the dead cow might not have been the only victim.
3: Prior to this one being found dead, there were two other recent deaths uh, in the pasture just across the fence. And they weren't able to get a vet out or have those ones tested. Uh, So just by virtue of their proximity, both uh, in location and in time, we consider them suspect.
1: Dr. Wilkins notes anthrax is a bacterial spore that can lay dormant on the ground for years.
3: That's right. When the bacteria is in the animal, it's actually a very wimpy bacteria, and it can be easily killed by antibiotics if you get the antibiotics into the animal while they're still alive. But once the animal is dead, or once it starts bleeding out of its nose and other uh, places on its body, those bacteria are in the blood. And once they hit the open air and are exposed to oxygen, they form spores very quickly. Now, as you said, these spores... uh, are very hardy. They lay in wait in the soil. They've been known to survive in the soil for 40 or 50 years or even more.
1: And she notes anthrax seems more prevalent during dry years.
3: Uh, That is the general thinking, yes. So so what happens is these spores are very buoyant. That means they float in water. So in the spring runoffs or wet times, you'll have water running across the surface of the soil, and it will be carrying any spores uh, that it encounters along the way with it. The water settles into a low place like a slough or a pothole, uh, and then eventually over time, especially years like this year, that pothole or slough will dry up. There's green stuff in there, the cattle want to graze, so guess what? They go into that dry, uh, previously wet area, and that is where the spores have accumulated. So there's we consider that to be a higher risk in times like this.
1: Dr. Wilkins cautions cattle aren't the only animals impacted by anthrax.
3: That's right. Bison are particularly susceptible to it. Uh, it takes much fewer bacteria to cause an infection in a bison than, than it does a cow. Uh, and it can kill them very, very quickly. So there are other animals that are also susceptible, but it again, it takes even more bacteria, so they don't get it as often, uh, such as horses or pigs or sheep. Dogs and cats are quite resistant, uh, but if they get enough of it, they can still get it too. She explains the best
1: way to dispose of an animal carcass that dies from anthrax.
3: What we want to do is get rid of any spores or... Um, so that they're not laying around and wait for the next animal to come up and get exposed. Now, we're never going to get them all, but we reduce the contamination as much as possible. When there is an anthrax case, we do put a a provincial quarantine on the premises, and then part of that quarantine is directions to properly dispose of the carcass and clean and disinfect as much as possible uh, anything that may have come into contact with that carcass, including the soil, We prefer burning. Uh, Burning uh, high heat is one of the things that does kill these anthrax spores. But in times like this with drought conditions and high fire risk, uh, that's often a risk that we just can't take. So in those situations, what we wanna do is deep burial. Bury them deep enough that they're not gonna be dug up again by scavengers or, or accidental digging. And once that's done, thoroughly disinfect everything to the best of their abilities and the quarantine can be removed.
1: Dr. Wilkins says a livestock producer should take immediate action if they believe they have an animal that may have died of anthrax.
3: They should call their veterinarian. Uh, You don't know for sure uh, until it's tested. Sometimes we can't test it. Sometimes by the time you find that dead animal, there's not much left of it. The coyotes and other scavengers will have gotten to it. Uh, but whenever possible, you should call the veterinarian out there and get a, get a diagnosis. They can test it, and if it's negative, then you have the peace of mind knowing that it's not anthrax. But if you don't get it tested, you'll never know she suggests vaccinating your cattle. There is a very good vaccine for anthrax. It is very protective when it is used. Unfortunately, a lot of producers around Saskatchewan don't think to use it because they haven't had anthrax that they know of in their area, uh, so they don't think they're at risk for for it. But it does pop up almost anywhere in the the province. There's no predicting where it's going to show up. I advise producers to Vaccinate for anthrax. Uh, talk to the veterinarian about it. And if you are in a known high-risk area, then definitely do not skip your anthrax vaccine for your cattle.
1: And Dr. Wilkins says the vaccine
3: is not that expensive. The actual cost of the vaccine itself is a little more expensive than your usual clostridial or blackleg vaccines. Uh, but whether it's two dollars or three dollars a dose per animal, you know, it, it, if even if you just save one animal, it's paid for itself. I think it's worth it.
1: Dr. Wendy Wilkins is a disease surveillance veterinarian with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. A case of anthrax has been confirmed in a cow found dead in the RM of Cote in the campsack area. Here are the top agriculture stories for the week of September 25, 2023. Canadian lentil sales to India slowed since Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said he suspected India of involvement in an assassination on Canadian soil. Canada is India's main import source of lentils. Reduced Indian purchases would likely cut the prices Canadian farmers receive during harvest, but such a move would also inflate India's domestic food prices, which could be politically risky ahead of a national election. Indian buyers bought significant supplies of Canadian lentils earlier in the year. African swine fever has been detected in dead wild boar in Sweden. It's the first time ASF has been reported In that country's history, Dr. Megan Niederwerder is the Associate Director of the Swine Health Information Centre. She said this was likely associated with either human movements such as transition of the virus on shoes or clothing or potentially contaminated pork products because it's a long distance of spread from other European countries that are currently struggling with ASF outbreaks. Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada issued a new outlook report for principal field crops. The report used the most recent yield estimates as well as seeded acreage and export statistics and also takes production and demand in other countries into account. As compared to the report issued in August, average price projections for the current crop year have either stayed the same or increased for all crops except corn, which is down slightly. Wheat, barley, oats and field peas are among the crops unchanged from last month. The Durham price projection increased by $10 a ton and is now a $90 a ton premium over spring wheat. The canola price projection is up $25 a ton compared to last month. Surprising given the large drop in canola prices over the past few weeks. China imported a record amount of canola in the 2022-23 crop year. That's about 5.1 million tons of the oil seed for the Chinese crop year ending this month, according to the United States Department of Agriculture. That is way more than the USDA was initially forecasting back in January. It thought China would buy 2.5 million tons of canola. Markets Farm analyst Bruce Burnett says China's massive import program was due in part to Canada's big rebound in production and Australia's record crop in 2022. Canada shipped 4.71 million tonnes of canola to China in the 2022-23 Canadian crop year that finished up in July, up from 1.22 million tonnes the previous year, according to the Canadian Grain Commission. Agriculture Canada launched a new internet tool to help farmers take the guesswork out of crop yields. The manager of National Agroclimate Information Services for Agriculture Canada, Catherine Champagne, said the user-friendly web tool uses data on interactive maps to provide crop yield estimates during the growing season. She says yield forecasts are adjusted throughout the season, taking into account changing weather conditions. Champagne said the information is a great planning tool for farmers and agronomists.